Hey, welcome to Lakeview Sermon of the Week. We're so grateful to have you here, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. Amen. I believe it's who we've been. I believe it's who we presently are, but I also believe it's still who we're becoming. A royal priesthood. A royal priesthood. Just a little quick background. I was able to share maybe two Wednesday nights ago, and I was able to talk about maybe a little more extensively the journey that has brought my wife and I here to Lakeview. If you want to find out that story, I'd love to share it and tell you. There's a lot of, a lot of moving pieces to there. But we're both pastor's kids. We're both firstborns. Um, we, we love the Lord. We've been worship leaders since we've been about 11, 12 years old, and I'm almost 30 now. And um, so I've been leading worship for 15 years of my life. We've been worship pastors the last five and a half years at a church in, a, in Atlanta, Georgia, and we've been able to also write and record worship music. We've, we've rubbed some shoulders with really a lot of amazing people who have influenced and discipled some of the prominent movements of God in, that you see in the worship area of the world today. And, and so I'm very familiar with this world. I'm very familiar with the, the world of building a house of worship. I'm very familiar with the power of a song. There are some of those songs that just completely take you into the throne room of God. And as a worship leader, you look forward to them in the set. You're like, oh, thank God. Great are you, Lord, is there. We're going to get there. <laughs> or like, what a beautiful name, right? Some of those songs just capture something so beautiful and takes you into the throne room. Um, I'm very familiar with the power of song, an excellent band, um, excellent audio engineers and, and volunteers back there. We love them. Thank you, guys. Um, very familiar with, yes, give them a round of applause, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Ashley. Yeah, those who serve back there, we just want them to be blessed in the name of Jesus for, for all the long hours and the things that no one sees you guys do. We love you guys. Anyway, very familiar with a talented voice. All these things are extremely important, but there is a difference between a house of worship built by man and a house built by and of God. There's a difference. You know, over the last 20, 20, 20, 22 years, you've seen prominent voices or prominent houses of worship kind of spring up and pop up, and the anointing that's rested on their leaders, the anointing that's rested on that actual location, the place is, is bar none, you know, it's just incredible, right? And so many people want to travel to be a part of that and see that. Um, but again, there is a difference between those houses of worship and, and other houses of worship. And the key difference from what I've seen in all of our experience in doing this is proper stewardship by the people. Proper stewardship by the house, by the people of God, by the royal priesthood. Not just the people on stage, but the majority of you in the room today. That is the key difference, proper stewardship, the collective people, not just the people on stage, but stewardship by everyone. I believe the Lord is doing something powerful here at Lakeview, and there's a palpable hunger here, and I just this morning want to continue to fan into flame the heart of worship that is in that place, is that's in this place. And hopefully today, I'll be able to help you walk away with the revelation that you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a collective of living stones, a people that... <laughs> that he inhabits the praises of and dwells amongst. Again, it's who we've been, it's who we presently are, but I believe it's still who we're becoming. We're going to get this kingdom idea down 
and it might be a little practical of a message today, and it'll be, it, be, it will sound a little bit like I'm beating a dead horse, but we've got to get this down today, guys, to be able to hold the move of God that's going to take place in this house, that's going to radically transform Hot Springs in Arkansas, and potentially the lives of families, and the lives of believers. We've got to get this piece down today. I want us to be that people, yeah? You know, Pastor Micah, he, the Sunday before that my wife and I came in, you know, incognito to try to, uh, before we gave our yes to Pastor Matt and Emily to, to come here and join here, Pastor Micah gave a word, and he saw prophetically a picture of an eagle hovering over the United States, and looking, eagles were looking for a place to land, and wherever they would land, that revival would break out, revival would spark, and there was a heart cry in the house that morning to to Lord, please let your spirit come and rest here upon this place, upon this church. And that weekend that I came out, the following weekend, I'm sitting on the back porch of our, our family member here, and we see a bald eagle hovering. And it was hovering for about 35, 40 minutes. And, and I'm, I'm trying to do everything I can to get it to come. I'm like, ah! you know, like throwing bread out into the lake, like, come here, you know, like trying to get a picture so I can like capture what the Lord was just speaking to us and speaking to me about. And um, it just was extremely, extremely powerful. And it was one of the ways that the Lord began to speak to us. There was a lot of things that the Lord spoke to us, but that was prophetically a, a picture that we were able to grab a hold of. And even that weekend when we started to kind of dream about this could be our home, you know, hot springs could be where we raise our children and raise our, our family and and all of these things, we would start talking about just what the Lord was doing, and we'd round the corner, and there'd be a statue of an eagle to the entrance of a neighborhood. And so I'm telling you, I, I really believe that we're on the cusp of a move of God's Spirit. We're on the cusp of an outpouring, <laughs> an outpouring that's never been seen before, but the key is that He's looking for a people. He's looking for a people, guys. I want us to be that people. We need to worship him in spirit and in truth. We're going to be those who worship with a revelation of his worth and who worship him with a true revelation of their identity, a dwelling place for the Lord, a living stone, a chosen and consecrated people, a royal priesthood. Amen? Awesome. If you've got your Bibles, let's go ahead and turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to pick up in verse 4 here. Everybody there? All right. Here we go. Verse 4. Come to him, the risen Lord, as to a living stone which men rejected and threw away, but which is choice and precious in the sight of God. You, believers, like living stones are being built up into a spiritual house for a holy and dedicated priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable and pleasing to God through Jesus Christ. For this is contained in Scripture. Behold, I am laying in Zion a chosen stone, a precious, honored cornerstone. And he who believes in him, whoever adheres to, trusts in and relies on him, will never be disappointed in his expectations. 
This precious value then is for who believe, for you who believe in him as God's only son, the source of salvation. But for those who disbelieve, the very stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, for they stumble because they disobey the word of God. And to this who reject him as Savior were also appointed. But you, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a consecrated nation, a special people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies, the wonderful deeds, and virtuous and perfections of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And once you were not a people at all, but now you are God's people, once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Isn't that so good? Hallelujah. Yeah, let's come back to verse four, just here for a second. Again, talking about building a house of worship. As you come to him, the living stone, as you come to him, the living stone, if we're going to build a house of worship, we first have to understand who it is we're coming before. You have to understand before singing, before dancing, before lifting our voice in adoration, the foremost thing that we need to do before we come in here is have a reverence and an understanding of who we are coming before. We are coming to him, the risen Lord, the chief cornerstone, our Savior King, the author and finisher of our faith, the living word, the true vine, the ultimate high priest. That's who we're coming before, guys. We need to realize who we're coming before because when we do, when we understand this and prioritize this, it will change how we worship and it will change how we pray. It will. It will change how we worship. It will change how we pray. You know, I love in the Old Testament and in the Psalms, you see the prayers and the, and the songs of these mighty men and women. Um, they always acknowledge God as Lord. They start with who it is that they're coming before. Why do, you, why do they do this? Again, it changes how they pray and it changes how they worship. Before any petition they put before, any request that they put before, or even after listing all of their grave circumstances, they never forget to acknowledge him as Lord. They acknowledge his worth, regardless, regardless of circumstances regardless of if they're going to be delivered <laughs> in the face of turmoil they always re respond to his worship uh, to to his worth guys worship is an acknowledgement and a response to his worth you will never outworship past your understanding and your worth of the knowledge of god the knowledge of the worth of God. Let me say that again. You will never outworship past your understanding of the worth of God. There it is. <laughs> All these allergies are making me gross and weird, and I can't speak correctly. Local honey, that's what it's going to do. Guys, I wasn't prepared. Everybody said they were bad. I not, was not prepared. I've got a pocket full of cough drops and, and candies that people have just thrown at me this morning. Um, again, you'll never outworship past... Uh, the worth of God. The most wild, passionate, and radical worshipers in the places that host, his presence, the, uh, host the presence of God the greatest are the ones with the most extravagant um, revelation of his worth. We have to acknowledge who it is we're coming before. 
If we don't, we can very much miss the point to the party. I've heard it said before, there's pictures, there's many pictures and analogies of, of a time of worship, but I've heard it said that worship can very much resemble a party, a house party. And people can come in, they're enjoying the atmosphere, they're mingling, they're fellowshipping, um, they have a great time. But most of them fail to come before the host of the party. They miss the whole point of why they're there. They miss the point of it. Do not miss the point of the party. It's what I'm trying to speak to you guys this morning. Come before Lord Jesus when you come into this room. Worship him in spirit and in truth. Let's read verses 4 and 5 again here. Come to him, the risen Lord, as to a living stone, which men rejected and threw away, but which is choice and precious in the sight of God. And you, believers, like living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house for a holy and dedicated priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable and pleasing to God through Christ Jesus. Many times when we talk about worship or any kind of teaching on it, we're, we're mainly talking about the worship leaders, you know, the bands, the, the musicians. I am all of those things, and I'm not diminishing uh, the anointing that they carry or the giftings that they have, but true houses of worship are not built on stages. They're not. They're not built on stages. And again, yes, I'm sorry, I'm just thinking here. Houses of worship are ultimately built by God and built on the chief cornerstone, Jesus himself. Everything is oriented around him in a true house of worship. Everything. You know, in researching a cornerstone, do we have any builders in here? Do we know anybody that built? Okay, anyway, so I'm not going to have anybody like, that's wrong. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> a cornerstone is the first stone set during the building process. Careful measurements are taken to ensure the cornerstone is square, to ensure the proper alignment for the remainder of the building. Jesus is that chief cornerstone. I've noticed something about the current worship culture and the worship songs, and again, I'm not talking about right now, I'm talking about the last 20 to 25 years, but we're coming out of it, but we've gotten fixated on miracles, breakthroughs, me, myself, all of those things, but, and when we cease to put Jesus at the center of it all, we get out of alignment. If the cornerstone is not set and careful measurements haven't been made, that building is going to get out of whack and weird very quickly. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Have you experienced that? Or houses of worship, places of worship, they're not set on Jesus. It can get weird and wacky, right? You know, like I said, um, I think I shared this in the, uh, in the first service, and I asked her permission so I can do this. But Julie and I have been looking for houses since we're moving, right? And we just put an offer on our home on Friday, and that offer was accepted. Come on, Jesus. We're very excited. Julie cried happy tears. It was a wonderful, wonderful gift from the Lord after a long week and all of the things. Um, but yes, after, you know, looking at homes, never once have I entered into a home that we were looking to purchase or buy and said, wow, what a beautiful foundation that's here. 
Not once. I don't know if anybody of you have experienced that, but when we're looking at these houses, I, I, the first thing that you notice is, you know, the decor, the windows, the, uh, all of the amenities, all the things. For me, I'm specifically looking at the yard. Um, oh, my God, the last two or three houses that we've, uh, we've owned or rented, it was like Jurassic Park was in our backyard. And I've killed three mowers of my father-in-law's. Uh, he's let me borrow. And I've murdered them. Like, they, are, they don't work. They don't work. My yards have killed them. And I'm very grateful for my father-in-law for that. But again, no one mentions the foundation of a home. We comment on everything else. But does it make the foundation any less important? Absolutely not. It supports literally everything. It supports everything. In fact, the only time that you know that the foundation is, or the foundation is off is when the house is off. The only time you comment on the foundation is when the home is leaning or falling apart. <laughs> you start to feel unsafe. <laughs> That's how I feel when I walk into a house and the foundation is off. I don't want to live here. Do you see what I'm saying, guys? You see the picture of the, the point I'm trying to make here? We have to build upon the chief cornerstone, which is Jesus himself. We have to do that, or things are going to get out of alignment, and it's going to get wacky. And I'm grateful for leaders, and I'm grateful for our team, and I'm grateful for the heart of the people. I want you to hear that this is an encouraging message because I think that we're getting this down. I just feel this need and this, the point of this message to practically talk about this is that we're going to be holding and hosting a move of God that no one has ever seen before. I, I firmly believe that. And we have to get this down. We have to get this down. There's a correction happening in the earth right now where worship must become about Jesus again. The very stone which builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Become the chief cornerstone. Impact, influence, salvations, baptisms, miracle signs, wonders, breakthroughs are all wonderful, but they are the result of aligning everything on Jesus. Everything on Jesus. You believers like living stones are being built up into a spiritual house for a holy and dedicated priesthood. You are the living stones, guys. Repeat after me. I am a living stone. <laughs> Again, the stage, the musicians, all those things, they're important. But they are a very small percentage of the living stones in the house of God. We are outnumbered greatly <laughs> to the majority of the living stones in the house. Do you understand? Repeat after me again. I am a living stone. I am a royal priest. It's awesome. The fullness of what worship was intended to be does not manifest apart from this revelation. Jesus' death and resurrection didn't put man back into the garden. It put the garden inside of man. Jesus' death and resurrection didn't put man back into the garden. It put the garden inside of man. And the key people who need to carry this revelation are not just the worship team, the leaders on stage, but us collectively as the people, the chosen people, the royal priesthood. We've got to get this down, guys. We've got to get this down. In my experience, these two things are the things that can hinder the revelation to you as the royal priest. 
This is extremely important. Here's number one. Don't allow yourself to be a consumer of worship. Worship is not about you. It's about him. Guys, it's not about you. Worship is, is giving our blessing, not for getting something in return. He is the ultimate consumer of it. It's all for him. When worship becomes about self and what we can gain from it, the power of the priestly people is lost. It's lost. Our worship graduates to priestly ministry when we can say this, God, even if I don't feel you, you're going to fill me. <laughs> I know this is practical. I know it sounds like I'm repeating a lot of things. We've, we're going to get it down, though. We're going to get it down. The second thing that we can't allow to, to hinder the revelation of, of us as a royal, royal priesthood is don't allow yourself to compartmentalize your worship. And what I mean by this, right, is we have created a, almost a religion is not the right word, but it, I'll say it. We've created a religion of the presence of God where we allow him to get close enough to make us feel good, but not enough to shape us and form us into his image. Woo. That's really good. We've become, that's good, Cody. <laughs> we've, <laughs> we've become experts at getting into God's presence, novices at letting God into our presence. We prefer a safe and domesticated presence of God. When worship is compartmentalized, it becomes our controlled commodity by which we gain solace for another week instead of it becoming a mighty calm of fire by night and a cloud by day. <laughs> Don't be a consumer of your worship. Don't compartmentalize your worship. Step into the revelation that you are a living stone. Worship from the place of priestly authority when you come in here. And I'm telling you, if you do that, we are going to see the glory of God manifest in this place. I'm remembering the times this morning of, after thinking about this, of, of feeling the glory of God actually manifest and rest upon a people. And it's been a few times that I've been experiencing the tangible glory fall where oil is pouring out in people's hands that aren't from a physical realm. Like, it's just happening. Teeth are turning to gold. There's gold dust. There's angels in the room. Heaven is literally smacking earth and ripping off the roof of the place. And once we start to build this culture, once we start to build this revelation within us, signs, wonders, and miracles, again, all of those things are going to happen as soon as those people walk through those doors. As soon as the lost come in here, they're going to feel a tangible presence of Jesus himself and have no choice but to give everything to him and surrender their lives. It takes the collective people, guys. It really does. It takes the collective people. I'm going to read this over to you, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Jesus, thank you. 
Again, just to, to clarify, you are just an equal in an important role, if not more important than what's happening on stage when you come in here to worship God. Why don't you go ahead and stand to your feet? I'm going to invite the worship team back up. And I just want us to enter into the worship, enter into the presence of God this morning a little deeper. I want to challenge you guys. Lift your voices. I hope I've encouraged you to understand that there is power in your proclamation. There is power in your praise and worship. It doesn't matter if you have a good voice. It doesn't matter if you've played an instrument. It doesn't matter if you can keep tempo. It doesn't matter any of those things. The King of Kings has bought and purchased your voice and has put power on your proclamation so that you could sing and tell of his glory and all of his splendor. Go ahead and just put your hands on the person next to you. And let's just pray for one another out loud. Just verbally start to pray for the person next to you, Lord. I just want to encourage you, begin to just cry out to the Holy Spirit that he would bring forth this revelation of a royal priesthood into your neighbor. That be an encouragement and a push towards proper identity to minister to the heart of the Father. Yeah, guys, continue to pray. Lift your voices. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God, we just begin to cry out for a move of your spirit in this place. We begin to cry out for a move of your spirit in Arkansas, Father, in hot springs that no one has ever witnessed or seen before. We as living stones give you complete permission to come and take up residence in our hearts and in our souls and in this place of worship, God. We just bring everything to you and we say we're building everything on your name, Jesus. Come on, guys, just press in just for another few minutes. declare you're holy Lord we bless your name God we bless your name God come on just continue to press in from where you're standing in the room through any circumstance give him his praise give him his worship Come on, begin to let that song rise in the house. Come on. Thanks for tuning in. 
Our hope is that these messages will help you on your journey of discovering who Christ is and who you are in Him. You can learn more about our ministry at lvahs.org or follow us on Instagram at lakeview.hs.